you hear the music it's wednesday september 23rd which means only one thing it's time to preview week five of the high school football season here in the concho valley thank you everyone for joining us this is locker room rewind brought to you by chunky gnomes insurance i'm ryan reynolds alongside Jaden hart a lot of the action for our 25 teams but a lot of the highly anticipated matchups coming on the road yeah uh, kind of got the short end of the stick as far as if you're a concho valley resident and you're wanting to make it out to any of these games you know you've got a a bit of a drive ahead of you if you want to catch the real intriguing matchups i guess if you want to say that but there are some still like compelling and and very interesting games that are going on right here in the area as well don't get me wrong so yeah yeah el dorado sonora they're renewing a rivalry mm-hmm. if you want to drive take a drive out to to sonora that one should be exciting uh paint rock they're finally getting back on the <laughs> the what hey the undefeated <laughs> indians team you know we talk about there being three undefeated teams ballinger earring county and sterling city but in reality there's four Paint Rocks just played one game, so yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe the Indians can make it two in a row, or you know, they keep that undefeated streak intact. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, Brownfield traveling to San Angelo Stadium for Lakeview. If you want to go see a four A matchup, Ozona Brady should also be an interesting one. Um, and then you have Harper Menard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of laugh at that. I, I, I really, you know, I we laugh but you know what menard is trying to accomplish with the number of kids that they have on a football team right now is is brutal and you know at some point i feel like they probably will end up making the move to six man they probably should have done that in my opinion last time around but you know that's a conversation for another day it's just you know i I really feel for coach gorman you know it's first year with the program they've they've got a lot of work to do and uh, you know, hopefully when district gets around, they can start winning some games. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a tough transition uh, for, for Gorman and Menard. Borden County and Water Valley, that's a tough two-game stretch for, for the Wildcats. Yeah, no well. kidding. You played the number one team last week, and now you're welcoming in the number three team uh, this week. So things aren't getting easy. That's back-to-back uh, ways to start your season. So Water Valley could very well be 0-2 to start the year. Let's go ahead and dive into things. We have two Thursday matches, uh, one of them being the highly anticipated season opener for the Central Bobcats, 5A and 6A, finally able to start their season. And they're getting a familiar opponent, a team that they faced last season, Clean Shoemaker. That one on the road, of course, 7 p.m. Leo Buckley Stadium. Shoemaker favored by seven. They took the season opening win last year 54 to 21 shoemaker did so central have some revenge on their mind yeah and it's a lot of the same kids from last season you know central brings back some guys that were sophomores on the defense that struggled to stop what is a gray wolves offense that could only be really described as quick and explosive Uh, they've got eight kids coming back from that team that scored 54 points against central last week and you know coach davis said one of the things that he really hoped that they learned from last season's game was being able to take better angles at you know tackling these kids because they are so quick you do have to you have to consider hey okay maybe this direct shot isn't going to get it maybe i should maybe go a little bit more to the right or left or something and coach davis makes a good point but you know the other point that he really kind of harped on was this is a veteran bobcat group despite having a young receiving core they've got three backs that are very capable not only that but they have a third year quarterback malachi brown that's something that is extremely rare for central because normally you've got guys that are playing receiver for a year and then going up and playing quarterback. And, you know, in Malachi's case, he got some time when Maverick went down his sophomore year and then obviously last season. So, yeah, and then defensively for the Bobcats, they bring back six guys, but they're they're talented guys. Uh, Kai Snelson uh, at, at safety and, and Ty Casey at safety as well. They're both kind of moving the – uh guys to the positions that coach davis said they're probably well fitted to play and then on top of that their corner position is really solidified as well so 
I, I think the biggest thing, and it's what I keep mentioning Coach Davis, because we don't really know what to expect from this Bobcats team other than what we're hearing from Coach Davis. And he said that they've got a little issues at linebacker, maybe as far as depth, but hopefully that's something they can figure out this week. And Central, in that Shoemaker game, or I guess last season in general, they started seven sophomores which is extremely huge now because now they have a year's worth exactly. of experience under their belt. Uh, and not only that, but they, they know what to expect speed-wise, um, scheme-wise from this Colleen Shoemaker team. So that will also be huge. You mentioned wide receiver group, no more Tanner Dabbert. They do have Jalen LaFesti. Yes, who, uh, that guy's going to have a, a huge season last year. Some call it a, a surprise breakout year from him. Uh, and we mentioned Coach Davis. It, we, we talk to Coach Davis every Monday. Uh, he mentioned just this might be one of the most deeper wide receiver groups he's had. Well, it's because it, he's got a lot of younger guys that are inexperienced. I mean, Jalen Lifesty is probably, I mean, the standalone guy that you can say, hey, we know that what this guy's capable of doing. They've got Seth Levesky who's coming over from TLCA, and that's still kind of a – wait and see we'll see if he plays this week uh i've heard that he, he's still trying to get approval from the uil uh with waivers to get cleared um you know i, I it, he said there's probably nine nine guys 11 guys that you could see uh <laughs> rotating in and out and when one of them is tyler hill the the quarterback probably of the future for the bobcats uh trip noble is in there you, you can't count him out he caught a touchdown during the scrimmage against abilene cooper but yeah this is a a receiving core that will have plenty of time to catch their breath and for a bobcats offense that likes to spread it out and throw the ball it should be a good um i guess a beneficial thing for them no doubt yeah and unlike last year this is another thing coach davis mentioned was teams won't be able to zone in on one particular receiver like mm -hmm. they did with tanner dabbert last year he mentioned during the scrimmage i think what was it nine nine receivers had, yep. had multiple catches in that abilene cooper scrimmage which is huge for them and third year third year starter malachi brown who uh, i mean you anytime you have three years of varsity experience especially at the quarterback position that's huge he's a he's a, a true dual threat on the ground and through the air I'm and then of course you have the the bowling ball that is Ashton <laughs> yeah no i was actually about to say ashton's <laughs> name uh yeah i'm really excited to see what he can do because I think one of the things that was brought to my attention by someone this week that I hadn't really considered, and you know, I, I went to Central Scrimmage and watched him run, and he scored two touchdowns. And yes, it's a scrimmage and glorified practice, you know, all that great stuff. But but Ashton really looked good because um, the thing that was brought to my attention was is that it seemed like last year when he was running the football, he was because he's the bowling ball that he is he was looking for contact right away it was just okay i've got the ball i'm gonna go smack this guy in the mouth this year he's being patient and looking for a seam and looking for a hole to run in and he's been able to pick up that extra yardage and you saw that against abilene cooper so one thing that will be interesting we talk about central being having the ability to go quick and, and rotate all these receivers in, but they also might be able to actually control the clock a little bit. Uh, three guys in the backfield, two guys that uh, are very similar. I think that you could say uh, Darius Floyd is, is a lot like Ashton Hartsfield. Darius a little bit bigger in the legs. Um, so, yeah, I think Central's offense, it, it might be young and they might be going through a few things. Coach Davis has really just mentioned that it's depth on the offensive line. That's going to be kind of what makes or breaks, uh, I would say, the offense in this first week against Shoemaker. I, I think skill-wise, they've, they've got the guys. So that's the Central Bobcats. Uh, Shoemaker's <laughs> favored by seven. And, and like we already mentioned, this is – almost as, as close to a true rematch as we can probably get with how many returners are, are coming back on both sides. Let's focus our attention to, to Colleen, though, because I think Toby Foreman has done an amazing job with that football program over yeah. the past three years. We look at the record in 2017, winless, 0-10. 2018, 2-8. Last year, area round appearance, 7-4. This team is, is only getting better under, under his direction. They have eight starters returning on offense, six on defense, 
really talented skill players at speed, speed, speed. Speed, speed, uh, I know speed. someone mentioned a, a track team with pads. Yes. Which was, which <laughs> that was, was a good, good, yeah. Yeah, which was a good comparison for them. Um, and then Ty Bell, just what a, what a game he had against Central last year. Six touchdown passes. Uh, just shredded that Bobcat defense through the air and on the ground. And then on the other side, Brown had a career high four interceptions. So, yeah. And I, you know, I can go back to you, the progress that Colleen Shoemaker's made just since they've been playing Central. Uh, since 2016, these teams have played. Central had won every year up until last year. And, you know, I think going into last year's game, Coach Davis was making the point like, hey, these guys are going to be good this season. And I don't know if Central might have underestimated them. I'm not going to say that because, you know, that's... Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> that's speculation. Yeah. Um, we don't speculate on here. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that, yeah, Shoemaker's, going, Shoemaker's legit, and they have a legit chance in their district to to cause some noise, as, as the cliche goes. I think this is a team that offensively is going to be able to light scoreboards up, which makes this such an intriguing matchup because you have a central defense i go back to that i think that's going to be one of their strong suits this season and i'm really excited to see how they do against a good offense right away because i think clean shoemaker's offense could be you know one of the best in 6a when it's all said and done this season and you'll be out at leo buckley stadium it should be an exciting one as I already mentioned shoemaker favored by seven points until last year central won its last six season openers shoemaker snapped that uh last season of course but mm -hmm. it should be a really good one kickoff time set for 7 p.m if you want to go ahead and touch on it as well another thursday game that we just found out a couple hours ago that it got moved to thursday sterling city at happy number two sterling city let's give them credit for that uh, at happy both ranked are both four and oh sterling city favored by eight points what do you make of this matchup I think this matchup has the potential of being Sterling City's best um, that they're going to face. I think that Happy is kind of, you know, flown. I wouldn't say under the radar. They were ranked last week, and now I think they're like 11th or something like that. So they're just right outside of the top 10. Um, Sterling City coming off a huge win. So, you know, they've probably got that, uh, that, that confidence, not that they didn't have it. Uh, I, I think Sterling City is one of the best teams in the state. Clearly, they're number two in the nation or in the state. I'm thinking college football for some reason. Um, yeah, no, they're number two in the state for a reason. Uh, I personally believe they should be number one just because I think that Westbrook is getting kind of the benefit of, you know, they, they've just beaten Motley County, a team that we're still trying to figure out. They beat Borden County, a team Sterling City beat, and Lorraine, um, and then – water valley well. shut out lorraine. so yeah and, and lorraine's supposed yep. to be better according to you know uh clint lowry blackwell's coach because that's their district challenge but yeah no i i think that this is going to be a really good football game and you know i even saw something earlier that this could be a potential state semifinal matchup because happy is in region one you've got sterling city in region two uh sterling city doesn't have to go through that same gauntlet that they normally have to go through in their region so, you know, if Happy is the, is the team that some people are saying that they are, they, they could knock off Borden County. Maybe they can knock off Rankin. And maybe this is a potential playoff match down the road. And that, you know, we talk about how non-district games, they don't count for anything. There's a lot that goes into non-district games that you can take away. One, you learn something about your team. And if you schedule the way that Sterling City does, you learn how your team plays against some of the best in the state. And three, like I just mentioned, well, you're going to face a team that you could potentially face down the road in playoffs. And you'll have some time to fix anything that you see. Like, okay, let's say Happy goes out and, and beats Sterling City, or there's a, a few things that Happy does against Sterling City. They'll have the time to fix that. And so games like this are crucial. And I think they get overlooked. And I know we're previewing it and talking about it and we have a lot of excitement behind it and everything but you know there's a lot that that coaches are looking for in these games and it works the other way around too you mentioned uh seeing a team in the regular season then seeing them in the playoffs that kind of worked against sterling city last yeah year ranking. exactly so, no and, and that's that's one of the benefits of it one of the things that makes this area so special Jaden, is just how rich 
the six man the six man game is around this area and just yeah, exactly. how great the, these teams are uh blackwell sterling city the the history of of water valley they've they've uh they've seen a lot of winning in in their in their up and, time up and coming erie county yeah, up now and erie and county now so a lot of if you haven't been able to uh dabble into the six-man universe this is a really good time to do it uh this is also a really good area to do it yeah and just some quick hits i guess about sterling city and happy before we move on uh Camden pruitt hasn't been able to play game this season uh, he's a big time returner for sterling city so that's going to be huge that he's back out on the field uh, cross canadal coming off a an awesome week 294 rushing yards i think i think you know yeah it 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 was an awesome week i mean you talk about six-man football being able to throw up stats but um he he played great and i he was a big reason why they were able to win that game against borden county last week uh on the other side you know defensively for sterling city can't forget chance ferguson i've mentioned him before the guy is a tree he's massive and he's not slow by any means he can get to the football he's been a force for them the cliche of him anchoring down the defense well he really does <laughs> anchor down the defense on the flip side happy uh they're out they're still without their quarterback uh for uh, you know i think it's like the third consecutive week so they're still trying to, to to get him back but they still have some talent on that side of the ball uh, you know we'll, we'll see how they do they're athletic it's going to be speed against speed so yeah exciting matchup and don't overlook this one because this is if if it were here in sterling city be another scenario where maybe a six-man game ends up being the game of the week again fireworks in the air number two sterling city at happy the eagles favored by eight i guess while we're on the six-man topic let's go ahead and run through those matchups cherokee at erian county that one was a late schedule earlier in the week cherokee three and one erian county still four and oh Morgan at Eden, Rotan at Robert Lee, Zephyr at Paint Rock, Panther Creek at Very Best, number two, Borden County at Water Valley, and Blackwell at Rook Smith. So we have a battle of undefeateds with Sterling City and Happy, and we also have a battle of undefeateds with Ballinger at Lano. Ooh. That's a really exciting one. Uh, so these two teams, they don't really face off uh that often they don't really see each other only five meetings all time between ballinger and lano lano leads uh three two i believe yeah yeah lano leads three two my dyslexia is setting in <laughs> um, and the last time they met was 20 years ago ballinger wow. winning that one 28 to 7 and like i mentioned with the fireworks out in i guess what gale texas is where they're playing the mm. happy sterling city game there will be fireworks out in lano as well with these two offenses and defenses just battling it out lano has been one of the teams that you know it's not that they're one of our area teams but they're still close enough where i've been kind of trying to keep an eye on how they've been doing this season one because they're 3a division one and not in the same region as wall or anything but you know hey if wall makes a good playoff run maybe lano's down the road uh on the other side of the bracket but the reason i i think that lano's kind of in a way flown under the radar now they beat san saba last week so i think that they probably are getting that boost uh, i know fox sports southwest was out at that game and that that was a comeback win against san saba and san saba has been no joke we've talked about them plenty of times just because they played um some of our teams so yeah i i mean lano we saw what they did against sonora and they they lit them up through the air and that's kind of what they've been able to do this season uh case kirkendall the multi-tool they've got two guys that can play quarterback yep. but kirkendall he, he'll get in there and play quarterback he'll go spread out at receiver he'll play he'll he'll come around and get a jet sweep or come out of the backfield and get a run i mean this guy really can do it all he's the definition of a just high school football athlete and that's something scary because ballinger hasn't really faced an offense this season that has had maybe the athleticism that i think lano has i you could maybe make the argument that jim ned was the closest thing that they've had as far as athleticism but that was also a very very young jim ned team that was trying to figure things out in week one and they pushed ballinger to the very last seconds of that game so 
you know, Ballinger's defense has been their strong suit, and I feel like you could do the whole it's going to be Lano's offense against Ballinger's defense this week, and I, I really think that is kind of going to be the matchup that, you know, w whichever side does better. Uh, this is getting into really basic football talk. But whatever side of the ball does better for the other team, most likely will come away with a win. It's just one of those classic matchups. How did Lano get to where they are now at 4-0? Well, in week one, they beat Gatesville 45-16. Uh, Gatesville, they're 1-2 this year with their only losses coming to Lano. And Glenn Rose, who's 3-0 in 4A Division II. Uh, they beat down Sonora 41-8. Sonora, we'll touch on them a little later, but they're they're also winless. Bandera, they beat them 52-0. They're 0-3 in 4A Division II. Yeah. And then San Saba, we all know what they're what they're capable of. So call it what you want, competition wise. Lano, they they haven't showed us that that four zero is is a spoof. If anything, they have two wins against four A schools, one win against one of the best two A teams in the state with San mm -hmm. Saba. So Lano, no joke. You mentioned how athletic this team is. Let's not fail to mention Quincy Prince, who had a yeah. humongous game last week against San Saba. He had 146 receiving yards on only nine receptions three touchdowns against an extremely Goodness. tough armadillos team uh jordan 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 beasley he's another one at wide receiver who is who is insane and i mean it even goes beyond offense and defense you know their special teams their kicker diego perez you know he can nail 48 yard field goals telling you man this <laughs> lano team like i i got in so the the nerd aspect of this where i'm at some of the message boards for high school football because you can really find out some uh interesting little things about some teams that maybe aren't getting the coverage that others are and this was a team that a lot of people kept saying in 3a division one who's a sleeper well it's lano and you know last week they proved it because i know you like you said yeah maybe the some of their other opponents not as good as others glenn rose is a 4a team so that's an impressive win no matter if you know what it you can say what you want about it but i think that lano is it's legit and this is going to be by far ballinger's hardest game of the season and you know, i thought jim ned was a really hard game i think playing up against clyde was as a, was a surprisingly a struggle for them last week i to be honest thought that they were going to beat clyde a little handily you know, I thought this was, that was going to be a game where they were up by three or four touchdowns, but they had to play comeback again and snuck it out with Garrett Dixon. And that kid, if we're just going to touch on Ballinger's offense, he's he's been like outstanding for them this season. Uh, Weston Rolowitz, another guy, he, he on those end of rounds, uh, just get it to him and he starts chopping. He's a long-legged kid and uh, he's quick. He, he can beat those guys. Carter Errett. Uh, has stepped in for Tyler Vaughn and done an awesome job. So, you know, he's getting some reps at quarterback. And the Ballinger offense is geared more to keep the other offense off the field. Yep. So, I mean, that's where this matchup also is intriguing. Uh, will Ballinger do a good enough job to this ex keep this explosive Lano attack kind of sidelined, give their defense plenty of time to rest, and when it comes time for the defense to step up, let's see if they can get it done. Even the stats on paper show, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it, but even the stats on paper show that just Ballinger likes to punch it down your throat. They average 319 yards per game, 211 of that coming on the ground. Yeah, and then uh, some of that could be just, you know, it is their offense. That is how, just how their offense is set up. But it also could be because Tyler Vaughn is, you know, they're they're working with Carter, so... You know, they might be able to pass the ball a little more once Vaughn comes back. Uh, he's been playing safety, so he's getting there. I think, you know, he had a shoulder injury, so it's one of those things where a quarterback needs to be able to have a healthy shoulder to throw the ball. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think this is just going to be a really good football game, though, and I think this is where you can kind of say for both teams the cliche of, well, we're really going to figure out where they're at because uh, – this is by far Ballinger's hardest game. I, I don't know if Lano is – I don't know if this is Lano's hardest game. I, I think San Sava was pretty, you know, pretty hard last week. So we'll see. I mean, Ballinger, let's hope that they can go down there and play well against this, this Lano team. And we'll see who gets the, the starting nod at quarterback, either Carter Arrett or Tyler Vaughn. 
But that balanced, uh, Lano, they just have a balanced offense. It'll, it'll keep Ballinger's defense guessing. But what I'm comfortable with is that Ballinger has been tested already this season. Um, Jim Ned gave them a challenge in week one. Bearcats come out on top 20 to 14. Last week, Clyde gives them a challenge. Ballinger again comes up on top 21 14. They're resilient, and that's something head coach Chuck Lipsy told us uh, earlier, earlier this week. Now, they haven't been tested, like you said, with the team that's been equipped as well equipped as this Yellow Jacket team is, but they've played in those close games, and um, I, they have a competent defense, which, yeah, which, just, which, which makes this one this one a toss-up for me. I just think that it's it, – I think Ballinger hasn't faced an offense like this, plain and simple, and that's where, you know, we talked about the Ballinger defense. Let, let's see how good they are, and let's see if they can play their style of football. I know it's basically harping back on what we've just talked about, but, you know, they want to keep it away from them. So let's see if they can do what Coach Lipsy wants to do and get Ballinger to their ultimate goal of going 16-0 and and winning a state championship. <laughs> the dream. Yeah. <laughs> no, we will see Ballinger. They're going to have to uh, be able to control, control the pace and tempo of that game with their, with their offense. Uh, Ballinger versus Lano, 7.30 p.m. Lano Stadium. They have Lano as 12-point favorites. Let's go over to our other 3A Division I team. Third-ranked Wall currently sitting at 3-1, and one, taking on Midland Christian. This one hitting close to home for you, 7.30 p.m. Gordon Autry Field. That a boy. Said it right. <laughs> my favorite teacher out of all of my teachers. I know this is getting you from talking about the game. Favorite teacher in, as growing up. History teacher. Yep. Yeah. Best, got, to, got to have him for two years, fortunately, and that man is – not only a good man, he was their first coach at Millen Christian, and man, bringing back memories for sure. And he has the name; he has a field named after him, so that's that's good. Gordon Autry Field, Wall favored by thirteen in this one. They faced off every year since twenty sixteen. Wall leads the all time series three to one, but they've only won by a combined seven points the last two meetings. And I think that you know, I think I know that Ryan's going off of uh, Lone Star football. Uh, they're they're and they're normally a really good source. I feel like they've played more than four times though, because I remember growing up, you know, and maybe they were scrimmaging, and my, you know, my days of youth are are <laughs> starting to mix together with stuff. Alert. But yeah, no, they they've become a regular opponent, and I you know I even read something courtesy of MRT, one of my old employers, Oscar Leroy, who does an awesome job. Shout out to them especially whenever it gets to district time and you want to start reading about Midland Lee, Midland High, Odessa Permian, you know, stuff really like that. Yeah. Uh, he did say that Coach McClendon, a quote was that he's really got a lot of respect for Houston Guy. And I, you know, talking to Houston Guy, he, he says the same thing about uh, Coach Greg McClendon. So, you know, this is a mutual respect matchup. Both of these teams have become very familiar with one another and uh i think that the interesting real the really interesting thing is that the road team aside from last season when wall beat them at hawk stadium has normally won this matchup so wall is still trying to look for a win in midland i believe no yeah uh wall has never won in midland um and they're i mean they're coming off that 42-7 win over mason that was expected uh, they dominated the punchers in all three phases of the game. We can't really give any analysis uh, for for Midland Christian because this is their their season opener. We're just yep. going off previews. Uh, this is their season opener. They're in Taps D1 District One, which some are saying is the toughest private school it district is. in the state. No, it is. No, not some. That is the <laughs> toughest. No, there is no question. That is the hardest private school district in the state. Yeah, um, Fort Worth All Saints, John Paul. Was it the second? Plano Prestonwood still in there? Uh, Plano Prestonwood, no, they are not. They got Argyle Liberty Christian, huh. Fort yeah. Worth Nolan Parish S. I can't, I can't even say it. Parish Episcopal. Yes, that's correct. Prestonwood Christian in Bishop. Yeah, Lynch. Plano Prestonwood. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. No, yeah, that should. That, they're all good, man. I'm telling you, that is for for a little Midland compared to all <laughs> these other big cities and suburban like Metroplex areas. Uh, Midland Christian really does a good job, and I, I have nothing for but respect for that program. I I didn't, you know, finish my days there. Went to Midland High and everything, but uh, I've got nothing for respect for uh, Coach Greg McClendon. His son Mason, I actually grew up. We're not. I'm not trying to give us a 
life story lesson but mason <laughs> so just a little bit of background about mason he, he basically shadowed at houston under tom herman when he was still there uh major major apple white excuse me um and was a ga and then you know got to come over and and now he's doing things with his dad over at millen christian and so mason played quarterback in high school and uh you know knows his football so i you know, I, I'm interested because I think this is the second year that he's been a part of that staff. So, you know, Millen Christian, the two things that I was able to, to take away from reading kind of just what Oscar put together for MRT was uh, Colton Wolf is the guy on defense and River Rodriguez. And we were talking about this a little bit uh, beforehand. Uh, I can remember when that kid was probably five years old his dad used to coach at millen christian but river's actually their quarterback and he's an athlete he's developed into uh their go-to guy i think on the offensive side of the ball at least they trust him with the football in his hands so yeah it should be a good little test for for wall i personally think that wall's going to get the win in this one but it's like you said we don't know a lot about midland christian because we haven't seen them play yet this season what's big and i think especially for this matchup knowing just how large wall is on the offensive and defensive line midland christian two returning starters on the offensive wow only two returning starters on the offensive line uh which is huge because this is their first game yeah no that's (laughs) that's huge going against wall um but I mean, this is a young receiving core for Midland Christian. No, sen- no seniors, uh, but they they do have experience. And I I think what what is benefiting Midland Christian from last year to this year is River Rodriguez, knowing he is the one hundred percent guy at quarterback. Because last year they entered the season with a three not not a two way a three way yeah. battle at at quarterback. So it, it, it's good that the Mustangs know their guy. Uh you mentioned Rodriguez and just how dynamic he is. Over twelve hundred passing yards, fourteen to two touchdown to interception ratio. So that's also extremely good to, you know, limit the turnovers and then using his legs seven hundred yards on the ground, six touchdowns last year. Well in last season against Wall um out at that game, Millen Christian, I expected them to pass and they came out and just ran the football. Ran the football. Trying to set up a play action uh, and then, then they really didn't end up needing to do that. They were actually up at halftime against Wall last season. Um, Wall ended up coming back to win it. But, you know, yeah, I. as far as this season goes, what they're going to do offensively, who knows? I, I really – that's a coaching staff, though, that has their head – a good head on its shoulders and will adapt and make adjustments. They're not a, a program that just goes out and says, hey – well, this is what we're known for. We're going to do this every week. They actually game plan to their opponents where they will change their offense completely for an opponent one week. I mean, we were even doing that when I was in junior high school. So uh, Coach McClendon knows what he's doing. There's a reason that he's been there as long as he has. Over 20 years. Won some state, uh, won plenty of state championships there. Um, as far as Wall, I, what I'm really kind of wanting to see out of this football game for them is I want to I want to see a start to finish, just great offensive game from them because you know I I really was high on this offense coming into the season and they have faced some good defenses so far no doubt uh, Mason was kind of a you know an, an anonymously what a forty two points I mean they, <laughs> they I can't even say that word them sounding. Uh, trying to sound smart I, I i couldn't say episcopal yeah well it's all right we, we're we're struggling um anyway like i think that this would be a good opportunity let's see if wall can just do what they want let's let, because they've done it in the second half of games against cisco they dominated with their running attack i, I guess you could say against eastland yes like they they did it in the first half and then it kind of slowed down in the second half i just want to see a full like one through four quarters of that and and really to be honest wall's defense has been absolutely awesome this season and, and that was something that coach guy kind of had some questions about coming into the season but he knew that coach slaughter was going to do a great job getting those guys prepared and they haven't missed a beat they've looked really good and even because i mean even against cornerstone that's i know it's two weeks ago but tough team the fact that they held them to what they did 17 points in reality it was 24 that they scored but 17 um just based off of um when the offense was on the field i mean come on that's that's impressive 
Yeah, Bryson Ballard and those guys on defense for Wall really holding it down. Can we talk about the rise? If we're if we're talking about Wall's offense, can we talk about the rise of Dominic Garcia? Awesome kid, man. Can we? Can we? Awesome he's been kid. huge. He's he's averaging uh, 107 yards per game on just about 12 carries. Uh, oh, he stepped up he last had three, year. Three touchdowns last week against Mason as well. No, he stepped up last year during the playoffs. He 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 kind of like he got involved late in the year last year. And, you know, the thing that I was kind of going with for a narrative and was before I went out to practice, and I really considered all of it, but I was saying, okay, the two, two-headed two monster in the background of Kai Herbert and Chase Rios, and, and no doubt those two kids are good football players also. They just but sprouted another head. They, they have a, three, a third head, and if you really want to, you could even add a fourth head with Drew Morrison because the guy's a bruiser, and, and he's proven as well that he's more than capable of running the football. The two of them last week were their top um, gainers as far as running the football. But Dominic has has been awesome. The kid, you give it to him, he goes right up the middle, makes a little cut, he's outside, and, and he's going. And, and Dominic, the thing is, he's only a junior, so they've got still one more year of this kid developing and, and no telling what he's going to end up being by the time he leaves wall. It's an, it's incredible. You mentioned Ashton Hartsfield seeking contact drew Morrison. It's fun to watch him lower his shoulder yeah. on, a, on a defender as well. I, I guess going back to this matchup, uh, another thing that that's concerning, I, I mentioned how there's only two returning starters for Midland Christian on the offensive line. A lot of those offensive linemen for Midland Christian that start, they also play defense. Yeah, I mean, you know, which it's kind is, of the for Wall for a team that just you know likes to drain you and drain you and mm -hmm. drain you and just punch it down your throat and just wear you down. That's not that's not very good. Yeah, that, that's not a good <laughs> sign if you're the Mustangs. But we'll see with Millen Christian. I, I I mean, let's see what. Like I said, those coaches do a good job of getting their kids prepared, and there's a reason they've had this success that they have, and. You know the the familiar or being familiar with one another i think that's going to benefit milling christian some so yeah this will be a good game for both programs and and for wall especially that this this is the last non-district game for them uh let's see just let's get it going before you get into district and start having to face jim ned maybe down the road should be a great one third ranked wall at midland christian a place they've never won before Kickoff time, 7.30 p.m. at Gordon Autry Field, wall favored by 13. Let's keep this train moving. We're approaching the 40-minute mark. Wow, how about that? And we have a classic matchup out in Sonora. El Dorado at Sonora. Sonora still seeking their first win of the season. Broncos Stadium, 7.30. Sonora favored by two points. Favored mm. to get their first win of the season. I don't... I disagree with that a little bit, but we can get to that. Um, if we're going to give our analysis and everything, you know, Sonora's not lost by a ton of points other than the game they had against Lano. Uh, I guess one thing that we could do the comparison thing with is Cristobal and Wink. Um, you know, El Dorado played Wink last week, had it, it at halftime, and then turnovers, just silly mistakes, kind of shot them in the foot and, you know, Wink, you can't do that against the fifth-ranked team in the state, and they ended up coming away with that win and beating El Dorado. But, you know, I think last week was a showing for El Dorado to where we've kept, we've kept saying, or I've kept saying, waiting for this young, talented core to take the step that it needs. And I think that it, it it's it's getting there. They're, they They are actually, each week, showing signs of improvement. And the three losses that El Dorado has – is because of good playing good quality opponent. San Saba, good quality opponent. Uh, last week, good quality opponent. Uh, I don't know why I went blank. I just said wink. Good quality opponent, you know. Um, yeah, El Dorado, I think El Dorado is going to do a good job of passing the ball in this game. Sonora's kind of struggled with that this season. Uh, you know, just from what I've heard last week uh, against Alpine, despite only losing seven to zero, there were several opportunities where Alpine could have scored and they didn't because of turning the ball over, just making a silly mistake. And then, you know, fourth down, turnover of downs kind of thing. So to be honest, I feel like El Dorado is going to come away with a pretty handle, handedly victory. I don't know if that makes sense. 
but I think El Dorado is <laughs> going to win if you want to know what I think. It's it's funny if you look at the schedules for El Dorado and Cristobal because if you put them side by side, it's almost as if El Dorado is the little brother to Cristobal when it comes to <laughs> scheduling because Cristobal, they're the... They're the experiment. They played Wink first, El Dorado, yeah. they played Wink second. <laughs> Cristobal, they played Sonora yep. in, in, uh, in week three, and here are the Eagles after the experiment playing Sonora. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, but renewing the rivalry out in Sonora, you know, this matchup dates back to 1922. The two, they haven't seen each other since 2005. Uh, Broncos 28 and 5 since 1965. There's a lot of numbers here. Sonora leading the all time series. 46 31 in one a lot of meetings between the two yeah i mean this could be even one of those deals again where we don't even have the right numbers but yeah this is just a history <laughs> let, let's just leave it at the, we're not leave it, in, it we're just putting it into perspective it's, it's that historic that's almost it's going on it's a hundredth year historically or rich is what we're trying to get at here and i'm i'm right in the same boat with you i think el dorado uh I think El Dorado can take this. Uh, I, I think they'll look at that Cristobal game because the, the two are, are very similar mm-hmm. uh, when attacking a, a team that's you know a higher classification is a lot larger than them. Um, and we saw Cristobal come back and beat Sonora, despite Sonora controlling the clock. Uh, this is just a young company. Sorry, uh, cutting you off a lot today. Oh, no, it's um, Sonora. Look, both of these football teams are young. Sonora's going through some growing pains right now. Uh, Coach Cheryl, uh, it is not on. I mean, you, you could say what you want, like, oh, it's a coach's responsibility, yada yada. I mean, look, they they've got a young football team. Uh, their their quarterback's a freshman. It's actually uh, Cheryl's son. Um, you know, they aren't as big as they they have been. The right side of the offensive line is massive, but that's about it. I mean, there there's some things like Sonora's just trying to get through, work some things out. And eventually, you know, Sonora's going to figure it out. I still think Sonora's going to be competitive in their district. Um, but I just feel like as far as you're you're comparing the two young group groups that these guys have, El Dorado stands out to me more. And as I said, El Dorado really likes to sling the rock around. And Sonora has struggled to do that so far stop that so this just has the writing on the wall for me of being a el dorado win by two three touchdowns kind of matchup and if you're john long and el dorado there's there's one player that you need to have on your radar and that is preston gonzalez he's a, a workhorse for sonora the leading rusher and receiver against cristobal in week three gonzalez he reeled off 115 yards on 18 carries and a score there so Zone in on Preston Gonzalez and, if you're El Dorado. Zone in on that on that run game and uh, score some points, and you, sh- you should be pretty set. Well, and, and, you know, I guess maybe talking about a weakness for El Dorado, uh, they've kind of struggled stopping the run. So, you know, you mentioned Preston Gonzalez, and, and Sonora is going to ru- be very run-heavy. That's, that's what they're living and dying by this season. So, you know, I think that that could pose a, a challenge for – El Dorado and if Sonora does move the football then maybe this is a different story if they keep El Dorado's offense off the field you know I'm talking about El Dorado being a favorite here but if there there's certain things that uh, you know game plan and and scheme wise that El Dorado might not have seen and uh, what Sonora can do offensively keep that offense off the field for El Dorado and hey I mean things could go a different way this I'm not just saying that this is going to be El Dorado hands down um this could really be a good game, and, it, and especially for those two communities with all the history there. I think that those those two communities are probably super excited about this game. Despite Sonora being 0-4, you look at the, their four losses, their defense has, has shown to be a, a strong suit, really. I mean, mm-hmm. you, look, you look at the scores, low scoring, 15-8 to loss against Ozona, 22-14 to against Cristobal, 7-0 to against Alpine. Uh, you know, I, I feel like if Sonora can contain the the air attack and just the overall speed of El Dorado, control the clock, capitalize on opportunities, and yeah, Sonora can can get their first win of the season. Yeah, I don't want to sound all hot takey yeah. and just say that Sonora <laughs> doesn't have a chance in this game. It's just, in my opinion, I think that El Dorado's skill players are better, and I think that will ultimately be the deciding factor. Coming up on the 47-minute mark, there's a couple more games we just want to touch on quickly 
for you guys uh starting out in san angelo stadium lakeview hosting mm. a winless brownfield team lakeview favored by four what you got on that one Jaden? the cubs might be zero and three but they've only been outscored by 19 points and their opponents have a combined record of nine and two uh, this is going to be good on the flip side for Lakeview because Brownfield typically, now I say typically because Snyder, we didn't really know what they were going to do offensively last week, and they came out and ran the ball. Um, they're typically known for throwing the ball, which could give the Chiefs defense a much-needed break because for a third consecutive week, they allowed over 300 rushing yards. Um, offensively for Lakeview, they had success moving the ball down the field. It wasn't... You know, that, that game against Snyder last week would have been a lot closer. It it was a lot closer than what the scoreboard indicates. Lakeview was able to move the ball just fine. That You know, looking at stats, you got – they were only outgained by 11 yards of total offense by Snyder. It was just not coming away with touchdowns, uh, not coming away with points because of fourth or turnovers, or, you know, a lot of it was fourth down uh, stops. So, yeah, no, I think Lakeview should be okay. I – you know, I, I don't know what to make necessarily of Brownfield. They haven't played just, um, I mean, yeah, the combined record of nine and two thing, but it hasn't been like they've played just like a dominant team yet. Um, so yeah, let's let's see how it goes. Uh, last year, a one point game. This this matchup has a history of being close, and then the year before, uh, Brownfield won thirty seven twenty seven. So leave you trying to to snap a two-game skid against Brownfield. Kickoff time from San Angelo Stadium set for 7 p.m. Lakeview trying to snap that two-game losing streak. Another team trying to snap a losing streak. The 0-4 Mason Punchers. 0-4 mm. for the first time since 1997. They're taking on a hot junction team. That's 1-3 straight. Mason actually favored. The computer favored Mason, which is something I don't, I don't think we've seen this season so far. But Mason favored by 22 points. Um, Cristobal hosting Goldthwaite. Crosswinds and Miles has the chance to be an interesting matchup. Potentially. Uh, Crossplanes at 3-1. and one, Miles on a two-game winning streak. Crossplanes favored by a score there. Ozona and Brady, I think that one, uh, the computer generation of <laughs> 17 points for Brady is shocking for me. That is a little shocking. For, that, I did not know that. Both sitting huh. at 2-2. At, at two and two. Uh, TLCA taking on Stanton on the road. Grape Creek taking on early on the road. Fan of the show, Tanner Teal, uh, trying to get their second win. <laughs> we can say that now. Yeah. Trying to get their second win of the season. Uh, you got Battle of Winless Teams, Harper at Menard. Uh, those are just Ugh. some of the, I think I, I think I ran through all of them. Blackwell I against think we Brooke did Smith. It. Did y'all? We already did six man. We did earlier. six man. We ran through this all the This is the matchups. longest preview that we've done, folks. But like I said, kind of starting out, there were about eight games that I really had on my radar this week for being just compelling matchups. So we might, might, might not keep it as long in most weeks, but <laughs> yeah, maybe when district gets started, it will go a little longer. I'm a long winded person. It's so. a, it is just sad that most of these are on the road. I really think, you know, maybe if we want to go and just say, like, you know, that Mason Junction game really quick. Um, I know you, you mentioned that Mason's winless and that they're favored and everything. I mean, let's give Mason some credit for just scheduling good teams. Oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely. I mean, maybe if you don't schedule <laughs> some of the teams that you schedule to start the year, then you're not 0-4. And it's like we kind of said earlier. We mentioned, it, we mentioned it every week. Yeah. I mean, you schedule hard. That's the best thing you can do because, like I said, the games might not count, but there is some learning experience that you can take away. And once Mason gets into district, I have a feeling they're going to be Maybe there's okay. a, a, a deceiving factor to it, too. If the team sees four losses and they're like, oh, four losses. Yeah. They don't really know who you've played for those four losses. And in a rivalry game, too, come on. This is going to be – and, and maybe Coach Contrusi gets them fired up. I don't know. Junction, maybe they come in and uh, it's battle at, or, you know, protecting the home turf and everything. Maybe they see this as an opportunity to attack Mason. But this should be a good, that should really be a good football game. I'm, I'm excited to see how the outcome of that one is. Junction Eagles, they're hot. Three game win streak. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this yeah. thing up. Week five preview of the high school football season it's it's strange that we're already halfway through the regular season week one for 6a though yeah no or yeah <laughs> we're we're just getting things started in some regards with central so 
uh it'll be a lot of fun week one for central week five for the rest of the field thank you so much for tuning in to locker room rewind powered by chunky gnomes insurance access to over 20 insurance companies to give you the best value go ahead if you haven't already subscribed to that podcast feed uh, we put out previews every wednesday we also have special guests and recaps every week on a saturday this saturday might be a little different because Jaden is very irritated with me and doesn't mm-hmm. want to be here on Saturday. Nope, I've decided I'm done with Ryan. <laughs> so uh, I will probably most likely be doing a solo show on that. But we'll 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 do some uh, we'll do some audience interaction stuff. We stream, uh, we'll sim- we simulcast those Saturday shows across our Facebook pages, the KLSEK San Facebook pages. So tune into that if you have any questions uh, regarding the high school football season and maybe we can get those answered visit contravalleyhomepage.com as well uh, i'm just plugging everything plug 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 dot com as well we have uh, a scoreboard high school football scoreboard up there if you want to keep track of the scores Jaden also you know he he spends plug a me. lot of hard hard time and hard work putting out previews for these games too and he does an amazing job love so. high school football guys we we really do this for trying to not only inform us but to inform us so that we can inform you and do the best possible job that we can do uh, for coverage because these kids, they, they put a lot of effort into this and it's a big deal in the state of Texas. And a lot, there's a lot of pressure on 17, 16, you know, 18 year old kids for, for just high school football. Uh, you know, and they, they deserve the credit that they are, you know, the talk that they get. So we're trying to do our best to be informed with everything and, um, you know, it's, I, I, I think that's pretty the best way that I could say it without uh, sounding too long-winded. <laughs> Highlight stats and scores, visit ContraValleyHomePage.com. Subscribe to the Locker Room podcast feed as well. You can turn on notifications. So every time uh, we post a new episode, you can get a little ding on your phone. And also thank you, um, local journalists, uh, Standard Times, MRT this week, uh, Big Country Home Prep, support local journalism because it's, a big we're gonna deal, say that every week no absolutely it, it, it's a it, it's a big deal even uh, if they don't know <laughs> in these local they, communities they, uh subscribe to them uh they they do a lot and uh they also put a lot of hard work into this stuff but no that's it for our week five slash week one for six a preview uh, <laughs> go ahead and subscribe to that podcast feed we'll be back push on, the button we'll be back on saturday at 2 p.m until then everyone stay safe stay humble And uh, we'll see you guys Saturday.